Hello and welcome to New England Beer Reviews, episode 38, What Plants Crave. My name's TJ Davis, alongside Emily Schick, and we have a very special guest joining us today as well. Jay Gray, co-owner of Odd by Nature Brewing. So weird that both of our beers today are going to be Odd by Nature. What's up, guys? How are you? Doing pretty well. Hanging in there, avoiding uh, dealing with winter? No. Uh, no, unfortunately. <laughs> Not quite like you, at least. Yeah, there's like a cyclone bomb or something crazy coming this weekend, you know? Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how excited I am to potentially get like a foot of snow. Yeah, it's uh, they're like three feet of snow, thunder, lightning. I'm like, this. they don't even write about that kind of weather in the, the Bible. It's insane. <laughs> but yet it happened uh. in New England. Yeah. Thunder snow. That is that is kind of a special thing. Thunder snow is pretty fucking rad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that name. That's pretty good. We do like a marshmallow flavored like IPA or something like that. Yeah, no, I could see uh, that. We yeah. just gave you a beer idea. <laughs> All right. Well, Emily and I, let's crack into our beer number one from Odd by Nature today. What plants crave? By the way, I fucking love the name and the can art on this too. Yeah, it's so spot on for, uh, so the idea was it is like when we decided to open a brewery, we were like, we wanted to make very, very different beers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not like a huge IPA guy, but that's kind of what people want. So the funniest thing about it is like, you know, in the movie, you know, Idiocracy, it's, they can't understand why the Gatorade is killing the plants and they keep dumping it on the plants because they're like, that's what plants crave. So the same thing is true with like, customers in the craft beer industry they'll come in and go i want an ipa and you're like okay well what do you like about ipa and they're like well i just i want an ipa and it's like i think a lot of these people don't even like ipas but they're just convinced that they have to like them yeah they, they've been told person. that if you like beer you have to like ipas because right. that's the only beer worth drinking and it's like no yeah. what's great so, about beer is there's a whole fucking galaxy of it find the stuff you actually like yeah, yeah. but I, I do like ipas so Three, two, one, crack. Hey, they didn't explode. Awesome. I didn't realize that exploding was a possibility with this one. (laughs) No, not with that one, but you know, you never know. Yeah. We are new. We're five and a half months old, so. Speaking of IPAs, I, when I was in your lovely tap room, I, some kid came in, I, I would guess he was like 21, he okay. was home on, you know, break from college, and he was like, oh yeah, I don't really like IPAs, and I'm like, okay, so what don't you like about IPAs, and he's like, <clears throat> I really don't like the bitterness, and I'm like, um, do yourself a favor and try a sample of this, like, I, it might have been this one, it might have been something else, um and i said because new england style ipas like one of the main features is they don't have that like overwhelming bitterness that west coast styles do yeah so you know the 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 kid tried it liked it i think ended up taking some home so you're welcome i appreciate (laughs) it yeah i'll give you your share of the 17 dollars. i'll make sure that's in the mail for you oh thanks Uh, i'll I'll take the you know five cent can deposit or something i don't know the uh, What Plants Crave, that was our first IPA we ever made. And uh, I guess you can kind of consider it a flagship. But our, you know, we've been open six months and we have now officially released 54 beers. So it's been God, a 
Damn. Yeah, we've released a lot, a lot of beers. And uh, what plants crave is just one of those things that, you know, when we wanted to make an IPA, we wanted to make an IPA that's a little bit more accessible to everybody. I like yeah. to think of us as like the craft brewery that makes beer for people who don't like beer, you know? So it's like, yeah, we, we make beer for everybody. You know, the craft beer industry is basically 5% to 8% of the beer industry. You know, the other 92% is Coors, Bud Light, you know, all that crap. So it's one of those things where like a lot of craft breweries open and everyone's going after the same five to 8%. And I was like, let's go after the 92% of people who don't like craft beer. It's a much larger market. And there's a lot more people that I think turning somebody on to craft beer who's not into craft beer is way cooler than making somebody happy who likes craft beer, you know? No, that's Actually- a great way to look at it. I I think that's awesome. I mean, I would argue that you're kind of doing both. Like, I think that you make some really accessible styles, but like you also make stuff that, you know, absolutely piques the interest of massive beer nerds like ourselves. So, well, we appreciate that. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a interesting journey. You know, I mean, like as of now, usually, you know, and and untapped is like Yelp. You, You need it, but you also hate it as a brewery and a restaurant owner. You're like. People don't understand how hard you work for this shit. And you're like, I cashed in my IRA every dollar I have on earth to open my brewery. And when somebody comes in and gives us like a one and they don't realize how hard we work for it, I'm like, you know, I don't come to your job and knock the broom out of your hands. Like, yo, come on, like, what the hell, you know? But in our in our industry, that's best, basically the best way to judge a brewery. And uh, currently we're the 37th highest ranked nano brewery in the country. Um, God damn. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's it's nuts to think of that. And we've been going up. We went from a we opened, we were like a 4.05 an hour of 4.13. So we keep going in that direction, which is pretty cool because it's tough to move that number. You know, it really is. And we seem to be moving in the right direction where people are just starting to figure out what we're doing, you know, and we don't even know what we're doing. We're kind of like as time's going on, we're getting better and better. My head brewer, Abe, and my partner, he keeps saying, you know, this is as bad as the beer will ever be. That's kind of our philosophy. You know, this is as bad as it'll be. It'll keep getting better. You know, it's a great yeah. way to look at it. I mean, I don't know what what plants crave is currently rated on Untapped. I, I could fucking look, but I'd rather it's just have fun with this. Four one two right now. So it's oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like that is lower than it should be. My opinion is yeah. uh, I'm I'm probably I'm probably more in the direction of a four point five but at least 4.25. So yeah, I think think this is nice and juicy and tasty and like super accessible, but also delicious to somebody who's had thousands of beers. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're talking about, right? No, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, um, I'm trying to think when I was there, I was, you know, checking everything in, in on untapped. And I think that the lowest rating I gave was either a four or 4.25. And it was a 4.25. I forget which one that was. It was like a style specific. This is really high, but compared to all the other beer that I've had 4.25. Yeah. No, we appreciate the support. Trust me. It's more of everybody's entitled. Like I never am like, even if someone gives us a three and a half, like whatever, even a three, like I get it. Everyone has different rating systems, whatever they want to do, make yourself happy. But it's more of the people who go, you know, you see different breweries, like whether it's us or even, you know, Harlan that I'm having their beer, you see like a brewery that, you know, makes good beer and somebody gives them a one or like a half. And you're like, that's not real. Come on. Like, 
Yeah. yeah that's, or just don't that's straight or just up just don't trolling. Just don't rate the beer. Like it's one of those things where like with us as a restaurant, you know, I go out all the time. I spend thousands and I probably spend $30,000 a year eating out. I'm always eating out because I'm always traveling. And I have had amazing meals and I have had awful experiences at restaurants. And you know what I do? I shut my mouth. I tip 20%. I say, thank you very much. And I just don't go back or I go back another time and try it again. You know, I don't try to rip somebody's balls off, you know, through a computer or a laptop and try to hurt a small business. You know, it's just not like, especially during a pandemic, that's just not what I do. As somebody who spent like 15 years in the service industry, I really appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it should be. Like tip your servers, take care of your waitresses, say thank you, be polite. Even the worst experience ever eating out is still one of the best experiences you can have in your life. Like there's other people in other countries who live off a dollar a day who don't know where their next meal's coming from. You're eating out, like you should be appreciative and smile and be thankful, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. And like more or less, that's sort of how I move through life as well. It's like, no, I mean, I, I, these people are, you know, giving me, an experience and you know i like i'm i'm always grateful for that and it makes me wonder like if if some people are just like that or if if it's a lack of in of uh service industry experience like, I, think I think it's a lack of service industry experience meaning a lack of specific empathy yeah and it, people have just gotten caught more in their own echo chambers so it's so much easier to be angry about things instead of understanding yeah then again i've also met people in the service industry who also like oh i've known wa- some want... terrible fucking people who work yeah. in the service industry and it's like, like they want to be treated well but they can't extend that to other people and it's like i don't understand how your brain works uh sociopathy that's how oh oh got it i think service industry is just like everything else there's shitty people there's good people but i will say that if i had to average out over the entire world i would say a good eight out of ten people are good people you know the problem i would agree i'd agree two out of ten people are really loud and the problem is they definitely make it more apparent that there are shitty people out there you know, yeah, I think it's most almost like are. there's a vocal minority that's yeah. fucking up things for everybody. Yeah. No, we're not going to get political this episode, or at least like, <laughs> but it's try just with, not it's to. with beer, it's <laughs> with yeah. food, it's like, you know, like if somebody, you know, falls over next to you, pick them up. If there's somebody coming in and you're holding the door, hold the door for them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just have calm yeah. manners, take care of each other. You know, I think that's the biggest thing we learned through going through this pandemic is like, we should be there for each other. The problem is, is in America, it's like very fleeting. When like September 11th happens, everyone's like America. And then two weeks later, they're like, ah, fuck this, you know? And it's like, people have very short term memory. And it's like, we need to be there for each other. You know, like- Jay, how how old are you? That makes me question. Because if you're bringing up 9-11- I'm 35. You're 35. So you're like slightly younger than us. Because, uh, I mean, I remember where I was, and it was like... As I skipped I. school that day. Oh. <laughs> wow, yeah. nice. I was in Boston skipping school, and I was like, why are the trains free? I was like, this is weird. It was like, God bless America everywhere. We were in downtown Boston 
which at the time they thought was going to be a place that was going to get hit. And yeah. we were down there because Jay-Z released uh, his album, The Blueprint, that day. So we were down there <laughs> going to buy his album. And I was like, this is weird. There's no one here. All the stores were closed. And then I got home and my mom beat me up with like uh, the newspapers all rolled up. She was like, you skipped school on September 11th and just starts hitting me and everything. And it was like, bing, bang, bing. But, you know, it's uh, I will say like the uh, last 20 years of my life have been incredible there's been a lot of highs there's been a lot of lows um but i think growing up where i grew up in boston where i've opened my brewery how i've had my restaurants you know i wouldn't change a thing i've lived an incredible life and i think one of my real duties is i've been blessed to be able to travel all over the world and a lot of times what i do is i come back with these ideas from our food and our drinks and i try to incorporate them in our food and drinks because a lot of people aren't as lucky and they don't get that opportunity to travel as much so this is kind of the way we're able to bring those travels with us so people can experience them when they visit our restaurant and our brewery. Yeah, that, that's That awesome. is rad as fuck, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of your restaurant, uh, where's your restaurant? So Food for Thought is uh, located in Ogunquit. It's right okay. down the street from, uh, from Odd by Nature. So it's literally a mile, I think 1.8 miles away. So it's right on uh, Route 1. We opened it uh, three years ago in an abandoned parking lot. I kid you not. It was literally <laughs> a parking lot um, with a small little shack. It's completely outdoor seating. We have a sail from a sailboat over the top that was donated to us. So we donate uh, 5% of our money from the restaurant and brewery to battle opioid addiction issues in Maine through uh, Project Grace, which is an incredible charity um, that really gives back for such, such a big issue. You know, as much talk as there is of COVID, people don't realize that the number one killer of all men and women between 18 and 49 is right now addiction. Yep. Right now, you know, fentanyl is the number one killer of that entire age bracket. And it's crazy. It's insane to think about that. But that's why we give back to that charity and we've been doing it. So when we opened the restaurant three years ago, you know, everyone was like, you have weird beer, you have weird food. We're known for this like grilled cheese donut we serve over a bowl of garlic tomato bisque that we do from Congnan's. We do, uh, chicken and waffle ice cream cones with like Vietnamese coffee butter and like honey fried chicken and house made waffle oh. cones. We do Big Mac dumplings and we do like all this super fun food. And then we pour, you know, at, when we opened, I think our only beers we had were foam on draft and other half in cans. Holy and people, shit. And people were just like, you have weird beer and like weird food and you don't have Bud Lights and you don't have well done burgers and this. And I was like, we're doing something different. You know, Gunkwit has been doing the same thing forever, like yeah. literally forever. It's like fried seafood, Italian food. It's like so <laughs> boring. And you're just like, let's yeah. do something different. And everyone in town was like, it's never going to work. And our first season, we did 40,000 people in a 42-seat restaurant. Our second season coming out of the into the pandemic, we did 70,000 customers and this last uh, summer in five months, we did over 100,000 customers in a 42-seat restaurant. Jesus wow. Christ. Yeah. yeah, that's really impressive, dude. Uh, but I'm not that surprised crazy. given you like you talking about the food that is being served there. It's like, yep. fuck, I want to I shove that in my face <laughs> hole right now. <laughs> I want one of everything. And um, yeah, like I, I am absolutely coming because I'm, I'm in that area semi-frequently that's awesome so, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's a great area i mean our beach was just rated number seven in the country of usa today best beaches like ogunquit is beautiful 
The problem with Ogunquit is there is no like diversity. It's yeah. all white people. And the problem yeah. is when you get that, you get no diversity in the food that's being served. You get no diversity in like what beer is being served. It's just the same thing. And it's like we noticed, you know, I'm out in San Diego. And the best thing is we go to an Italian restaurant and the whole staff is Italian, like from Italy. We go to a Mexican restaurant. It's all Mexicans. The food yeah. is incredible. The staff is incredible. And it's like everywhere you go. We went to a Cuban restaurant. It's all Cuban people. Like it's great. The sense of ownership, the pride and the flavors, like everybody seasons their food, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's amazing. And you don't get that in areas where there is that lack of diversity. And I think it really tells, but you know, we've had recently a lot of younger business owners taking over, whether they're parents' businesses or opening new businesses. So I definitely see it changing, but just like change in the real world, it's slow to happen, unfortunately. You know? Yeah. And I actually deeply appreciate the places in that general area that like I've, I've spent, mo I spent much more time in Wells than Agunquit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I really appreciate the places that are, you know, adding to, you know, more interesting, like, and diverse sorts of flavors, like Congdon's. Congdon's after dark, the food truck park yeah. is a brilliant idea. Gary's awesome. So we made not sorry with uh, Congnans and uh, we put 20 pounds of Crowler donuts from Congnans in the uh, in the beer. And then we put 32 pounds of Reese's puffs and just circulated the stout over it. Yep. And Gary's I, awesome. It's I mean, we are phenomenal. We're his number one customer. And we buy so many donuts for our donut grilled cheese from <laughs> Gary. And that was something we wanted to do, you know, at Food for Thought. We don't wear uniforms. We wear shirts from Congdon's. We wear shirts from Flo's Hot Dogs. We wear shirts from all the local businesses. Rad. Oh, then, I love Flo's too. Oh, we have, <laughs> we have a Flo's Hot Dog Pizza on our menu. That we oh, my God. Themed hot dogs and the relish is the base for the sauce. Oh. And, like and we put the uh, celery salt on top of it. And it's there's no other word other than gangster. It is a gangster thing for someone to make. So and, uh, Emily, hell yeah, Emily. When are we going up to Ogunquit? <laughs> when do you open again? We open. Uh, so it'll be open the second week of May this year, and then okay. it's open all the way till October. But you have time. The best, the best time is you know honestly, May is a great time to come. I would agree. And October is a great Bef time to come. Before um, half of Massachusetts ends up in Maine, it's yeah. probably better to hit it before we you know. do. It, once it gets into you know June, July, August, and September. As even with 42 seats, we do four to 500 people a day, even on like a Tuesday. It's crazy how yeah. busy we are. But the nice thing is because it's 42 seats, we can feed everybody quickly. The food comes out real fast. We turn mm -hmm. people very quickly. You know, it's like 50 minutes is our turn time of people in and out of the place. So you can get fed, have a couple of drinks and get on your way. And it's nice. It's a faster place. Like even 4th of July weekend, we have people come and we'll be like, oh, it's an hour and a half wait. And they're like, well, we'll go somewhere else. And I go, all right, let's work through that scenario. You're going to leave here. You're going to try to figure out where to go. You're going to go somewhere else. You're going to look for parking. <laughs> it's going to be an hour. You're going to get there. They're going to tell you, and it's an hour and a half wait. And then you're going to eat food that isn't as good as our food. And then you're going to be mad at yourself. I'm like, or you can just yeah. hang out with us for an hour and a half and I'll get you a beer. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah. just, just hang out. Like good things come to those who wait. You got to just chill for a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, oh. Like, it, it, just like you talking about what's on the menu as well like that sounds like it's worth the wait unless you just want to like go have the other homogenous shit that's being served everywhere else then yeah go do that 
And Brad's cooking everything. You know, Brad comes from a culinary background. He cooked in Italy for five years, you know, at a Michelin restaurant. He's incredibly talented, comes from Louisiana. But we wanted to do this like fun, nostalgia menu. And, uh, you know, he's just awesome. And he's in the kitchen most of the days. Aaron, our sous chef, is incredibly talented, Um, you know, and they cook with love. It's such a corny thing to say, but they cook like they're cooking for their family, like every meal. And all the chicken is brined and marinated and fried. Everything, all our sauces we make, everything we do in the kitchen, we are as close to a scratch kitchen as you can have when you're that busy. You know, but even the things that we can't make, you know, we can't hand cut fries. It's, it's impossible. We tried our first week and we were so busy we couldn't, but we buy the best quality fries we can. And then we hit them with black sea salt and honey. So we do these Ogunquit fries that are just like dangerously salty, sweet. And then they're also served with a sauce Andalus, which is this great like uh, Belgian uh, French fry sauce. And it's just, again, yeah. it's just so good. We do salty and sweet probably better than anyone I know. And it just makes you want more and more of it, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, (laughs) it's like, let's go up there for like a week in May and just eat there every single day. So we can rotate through the entire menu. Yes. We We get a lot of those people, you know, we, we priced our whole menu, our first two years under $20 this year, Lobster got a little crazy, so we had to be like $23, $24 for a lobster roll. But That's not giving. bad. No, and we give five and a half ounces of lobster. We put candied bacon on it as well, um, and that's our standard lobster roll. And it's one of those things where you know we price our menu affordable, and we get people five times when they're up for a week. You know, we don't pride ourselves on crushing you once, and then we never see you again. Yeah. I want you to come multiple times while you stay up here. You know, we don't need to make every dollar off of every person who walks in. It's more important that they have a great experience, you know? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Hey, man, I'm not going to lie. Like, just listening to the way you talk and, like, the passion you have about your business, you are somebody that I wish I had worked for when I was still working, like, serving bartending. Because, like, you you sound like you would... You sound like a fantastic owner, fantastic manager who understands not only like the business end, but the people end. And and, like that is few and far between I've found with a lot of owners and operators of restaurants and bars over the years as they they don't understand people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're there, man. Like I'm usually out front at the brewery or the restaurant. Brad's usually out back. I mean, this is what we do. I mean, look, this is tattooed on me. Odd by nature. Like. (laughs) Food for thought is tattooed on me, like the logo. Every place I've opened is tattooed on me. Like I believe in every place we have, you know, with every ounce of my soul. Like it's more of than just a restaurant. It's an experience. And I want to just take care of people. You know, that's that's all we are. We're a place that people come to have a good time. That's all a restaurant is, you know, and it's our job to give people the best experience possible. And, you know, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be flawless. But I think people know we give a shit and that makes a big, big difference at the mm-hmm. end of the day when something happens, if we forget, you know, an order of clams or if we forget to refill your water, but you see us boogieing around and hustling, you know, you see it and that those things can be forgiven because mistakes happen, you know? Shit fucking Absolutely. happens. Yeah. Man, that's it. So. All right. Um, I don't know. Emily, how you doing in your beer? I'm close to done. Sip, 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 sip. Odd by nature does not encourage uh, any drinking festivities that force people to drink. We don't do any of that. But you're more than welcome to do it on your own time. 
oh, I, I'm He's glad trying you to guys, get me to finish. Yeah, the, I'm the trying beer to get her so to finish the first no, beer so we can get on to beer number two. But Emily doesn't chug, so I yeah, can't that's, sip. <laughs> yeah, because I can't. I, well, you I physically it. cannot chug. No, but that's what it's made to be is to enjoy. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, we uh, when we when we make a lot of our beers, we want people to enjoy more than one. You know, we're not making crazy high ABV beers. We're not making things that are like even our sours are more crushable. Um, you know, we have a lot of interesting processes that we use with our beers to try to make them more drinkable, you know, so people can have more than one. Yeah. And I deeply appreciate that because like, yeah, it, anytime I see a stout and it's like, you know, 11 or 12 percent, it's like. Yeah, at best, I'm having one. Like, uh, and I'd prefer to share it with other people. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's one of those things where, like I said, we try to go against the grain with the brewery when we open. You know, a lot of breweries are not doing flights anymore because it's not cool. It's not craft beer. So I was like, let's do flights. Like my business Absolutely. model has been like, you know what? If everyone else isn't doing it, let's do it. I go the other direction that everyone else is going, and I think it's served us very well. You know. Well, I, people like myself and Emily, I know, appreciate shit like that. Because, yes, oh yeah. I would rather have, like, I would rather have, like, eight four-ounce pours mm-hmm. of eight different beers instead right. of having, like, you know, a couple Two of pints of the ounce. same thing. Yeah. 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 yeah like, I, I, like I'm, I'm there to try things, and it's like, I... I can't try eight beers if they're full size, period. Yeah, I just absolutely. can't. No, and that's why we have, you know, we have cans to go. And, you know, I think we all our cans right now are 16 ounces. We can through um, Ironheart. We don't have our own canning line, but it's one of those things where, um, you know, down the road we plan on doing eight ounce cans for our stouts, things like that, and maybe do like a six pack. We're thinking of like interesting ways to be able to do canning because I think it'll be really, really cool for people to have rather than just the standard 16 ounce, because I don't think 16 ounces is the best volume for every beer, you know? Agreed. Completely agree. (laughs) Like, especially slower drinking ones, like, I would rather have 10 ounces, or even if it's, like, really big stouts, because when I worked at, like, Beat Brew Hall, like, we had a number of, like, 18, 20% stouts that we would get in, and it's like, I don't want much more than, like, four or five ounces of that i don't even want four or five ounces of that it's yeah. like i want to take a sip and be like that's cool and then move on to something else that's like weaponized or stout. making it more of like an experience like our really really good dear friends uh matt and chris who own barreled souls brewing up in Saco. they're our closest friends in the industry they uh we me and my girlfriend linda we actually lived in uh matt's basement while we built food for thought and then we uh he kicked this out after a month and then uh chris put us in his guest house for another three months while we ran the restaurant. So they're like family. They're like our brothers. Awesome. And um, yeah, it's one of those situations where, you know, they create probably the best stouts in the world. You know, they're right yeah. up there with other half and with everyone else who you think of mm-hmm. and Horace and stuff like that. And they have some beers that are, you know, 16, 18%, but they're presented in a 500 milliliter bottle. It's meant to be shared with people. It's meant yep. to be like an event. I don't just open a bottle of Stay Puff and chug it. I open <laughs> yeah. a bottle yeah. of Stay Puff and I would share it with you guys. Like that's the whole point. You're supposed to be right. sharing it with people, you know? Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of communal beer like that. That, yeah. you know, it's meant to be an event to be shared. Yeah, it's like, uh, I know that Emily and I have brought this up on the show before, but the Smoke Sage Saison from 
against the grain that we had years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, little that, did we know. Little did we know. Uh, like, it's not something that you want to, like, sit back in the Lazy Boy and crack open and just chug. It, it's no. something to be an experience to be shared with friends. Yeah, yeah the complexity of that beer is just, like... Man, you just mashed up a million, like a bunch of different styles, and it works. Yeah, no, that's how it should be. Emily, shall we open beer number two? Absolutely. Here, why don't you introduce beer number two? Beer number two today is Long Beach Dub All Stars Hefeweizen. Yeah. So this is brewed with passion fruit, orange, and banana. And you can thank Brad for the selection. He, I was like, all right, if we're gonna have you guys on, what do you want me to talk about? And he was like, take these two. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, so the the style is the Heffenweiss and the name of the beer is Heffadub. And I'll tell you the okay. story behind it. So that's our collab with I, I wanted to ask about the story stuff. behind it. But let's yeah. crack this first in yeah. three, two, one, crack. As I spray myself <laughs> in the face again. Oh man. Yeah. Immediately opening it, I, I get oh, like the, the orange and the passion fruit. Oh, and there's the banana. So I love I love the uh, the style of a good hef and breweries don't make hefs because it's not like craft beer trendy. And I was talking with uh, Sam and Bobby, who are good friends from Foam Brewing. And I was like, dude, we're going to start doing like double hefs and triple hefs. And they were dying laughing and they were like, what? That's not a thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do like a nine percent hef and then I'm going to do like a 12 percent hef. And they were like, that's <laughs> so funny. And I was like, why not? Why I was not? like, I enjoy drinking a Heffenweizen. And like one of my first experiences with craft beer um, was Night Shift and they they have a beer called Firth. Yep. And uh, I love it. It's, you know, orange banana, orange rind, bananas and cloves. And I love that beer. And it's one of those things where, um, so Opie Ortiz, who is the tattoo artist for Sublime. So he created the 40 ounce to freedom son. He's the one who tattooed Sublime on Brad's back from Sublime. Nice. Um, he created all, every album cover. He's on the cover of Robin the Hood. All those are. Opie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that guy like going crazy on the cover of Robin the Hood. That's Opie. Uh-huh. And uh, right. so Opie is my tattoo artist. And I've had, I've known Opie for 15 years now. And uh, we've been really good friends and the Long Beach Dub All-Stars have been touring again. So we, uh, we've we wanted to make a beer for a while and I've talked with him and I was like, one day I'm going to own a brewery. And he's like, okay, you know, let me know. And as soon as we opened a brewery, I was like, I want to make a beer with my friend Opie. So the, you know, art on there is all from the latest Long Beach Dub All-Star album. Every character on there is representative of a song on their new album, which is their self-titled album. It's their third album they released. Um, so everyone on is for that and it's literally created by Opie Ortiz curated for us and, uh, they're just awesome. You know, like, you know, Ross and, uh, excuse me, you know, Ross MG and, and, you know, just everybody in the band has been so supportive and so nice. And they're just like, they're our friends. It's not anything other than just, we wanted to make beer with our friends. And it's so funny. Like Opie is this old school Mexican Vato and I love him for who he is. But when I asked him, I was like, what do you want to make for a beer? He's like, you know, like lager with like lime. And I was like, I was like, we're not we're not doing that. pal. I love you, but we're not doing that. I'm like, I'm not making Modelo with lime. And I was like and he's like, you know, like, what about Firth? Because I used to bring him Firth all the time back before we had a brewery. And I was like, I'm down. Let's let's do a half. But I was like, it can't just be a half. Let's do like a fruited half. And, you know, I think the the orange we put in it. You know, we do Cara Cara oranges a lot, the guava, the passion fruit. 
Um, and then the banana in it really, really is spot on. And I think it's just a great crushable beer, you know, like that's the beer. If you ask me, like if I sat down at my own bar, you know, if I was at all by nature and I wanted to just have a beer at the end of the day, that's what I would drink is that beer right there. I actually agree with you. I mean, that's one of my general complaints about like the, the craft beer industry is the fact that like, you know, most of the reason that I end up sticking to like New England style IPAs and sours and stouts is because people do a lot of different things with those. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basic styles like a half, people tend to just do a half and leave it alone. And it's like, okay, at this point in my life, I've probably had like 5,000 beers. Mm -hmm. I've had so many Hefeweizens that like, yeah, there are different degrees of, you know, how good is this? But like, it, they're all more or less the same thing if you're doing it right. And like taking a classic style that and then adding your own twist, I really deeply appreciate. Like, Thank you. Actually, I mean, you know, speaking of the, the whole Mexican style lager thing, like I, I still say my favorite Mexican style lager is uh, I think it's Los Locos from Epic because mm -hmm. they actually you know, it's a good, it's a solid Mexican style lager base, but then they add like the lime and the sea salt. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's not just the same damn thing over and over and over. Like this yeah. is a phenomenal Hefeweizen that has fruit added to it. And the fruit flavors that you picked really complement like the natural, like fruity esters that show up in a Hef. Thank you. Like absolutely awesome. Thank you. Yeah, like, I, I concur. This, I think, is absolutely delicious. It's the sort of thing that, you know, I, I always use my, like, porch-sitting allegory, but, mm -hmm. or imagery, whatever. But, yes, I could see myself on, like, a hot summer day, like, sitting out on a porch just drinking this. It's definitely a very enjoyable, crushable. I'm surprised, actually, how well the banana, like, draws everything in it together for me. I love it's, banana and it's beer. Really tasty. I love. We made a beer, uh, Blue Slide Park, which is in honor of Mac Miller because I'm like such a big Mac Miller fan, and uh, it was bananas, uh, blue raspberry, um, and it's just the banana is just it adds a little bit more creaminess to the beer. Interesting. That adds yeah. like just like a good thing to the mouthfeel that I love. Um, so yeah, no, I, I love banana and beer. I think it's a super underutilized you know flavor component. We've tried to really like seek out things that people aren't always using. We use fig a lot in our beers. Mm. People don't use fig, but I love fig as an, a secondary component. We had a blueberry fig beer we made called uh, Blue, Blue Pock and Figgy, which I think is super <laughs> funny. And, uh, but it's just the idea of the figs, you know, it gives you that, that essence of like fig seeds popping between your teeth and it, it makes the blueberry come forward a little bit more. Um, you know, and it's, it's a great component. We use tamarind in a couple of our beers. We made a Ooh. beer called, um, Crantastic Voyage in honor of Coolio. <laughs> oh, I had that, I think. Yeah, it's great. And actually, you know, the funniest thing is, so we're going to a Coolio concert next week and, uh, we had two cases of the Coolio beer left and I didn't realize it. So I, me and my girlfriend, you know, are out in San Diego and I look across the street and we're in Ocean Beach, and it's like some tiny little dive bar, and it's like Coolio, February fourth, and I was like, "Oh shit!" So I immediately bought tickets to it and bought VIP meet and greet, and I was like, and I called up uh, Brad, and I was like, "Brad, send me the last two cases of Crantastic Voyage." So he sent me the last two cases. So we're gonna go to this Coolio concert 
and I'm going to bring the beer to him and be like, dude, look at what we made. It's, it's you. It's a cranberry. And I think he's going to think it's hilarious. And I'm going to be like, now let's make another beer together. Like, what do you want to make? And now all of a sudden that relationship can go places where we can make beer with Coolio. Cause like I bought gangster's paradise on a cassette in 92 when I was Ditto. six years old, you know, like I was like, mom, I want gangster's paradise. So like, I'm a huge, huge fan of like that era of music. And if you look on the cans, you know, it, it we have little flavor advisories. They look like parental advisories. Oh yeah. I, I love it. I, I love it. Cans. <laughs> it's because like, I remember that feeling of like buying a CD or a cassette and being like, oh shit, they're going to curse. Like it's, it's like, you almost feel like you shouldn't be getting it. And we wanted that same kind of nostalgia with the beers where people feel like, you know, Hey, this is a little, you know, explicit, you know, and, and mm -hmm. they should feel a type of way when they crack into them, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I did give, I, I don't, I don't know how, I, I, I won't get into how you it allegedly, you know, male male beer around, but I was uh, giving teleportation. Yeah, I I was I was giving Brad pointers because I was really into the beer trading scene for a long time. Yeah. So it's like we had the uh, UPS driver. He came here and one of them cracked. It was one of the uh, the Heffenweis, and so he sent like six six cases of beer to me. And it's so funny that UPS driver at my Airbnb was like, "Hey, I think this uh, one of these leaked, and I think it's like beer or something." And I go, "No, I have no idea what you're talking about." And he was like. Oh, it smells like alcohol. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's not alcohol. And he was like, okay, good enough for me. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. You know? Yeah. I mean, but that's the key is like, well, so in, I've never had a beer like explode or crack or anything during, um, any of the trading sessions I've done, but like there are like the, the yeah, that's basically it is like, if it, if something is going to go, you don't want it to like get out. Yeah. So um, I highly recommend, you know, for future alleged potential shifting around of beer mm -hmm. uh, for, um, for mailing of snow globes. Yeah. Yes, for me. Oh, that's the other thing is I tend to label boxes as fragile snow globes because I got like I was trading with some dude in Florida once and he sent me a box and it was marked fragile snow globes. And I'm like, you genius son yeah, of a, a good, bitch. That's a good one. Um, Cause like it explains the sloshy noise, but like my, my biggest recommendation is two gallon, uh, Ziploc bags. That's what he hold. did. That's what Brad did. Yeah. You know, so and and it point. still managed to escape. Yeah. Just, just one. Uh, no, it didn't. It, it escaped a little bit. Um, oh, okay. but we lost like two out of like 80 beers. So, I mean, all the way to the West coast, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. About that. That's yeah, not, it's not bad. bad. But we we <laughs> wanted to bring all. out a few cases to the double all stars. They're performing at uh Cali vibes fest in a couple of weeks and we're going and like, nice. I just awesome. wanted to make sure I could go to their festival and be like, and see the guys from sublime and be like, here's the beer, you know, like, it's like, it's just cool yeah. to be able to bring something that we created together and bring it to them. And like I said, they're just my dear friends. Like I'm fans of them, but it's cool because they're like fans of what we do. And especially because now that Opie's known me for 15 years, you know, we met this 21 year old punk kid and started tattooing me. And I was like, one day, you know, I'm going to do stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And like now 15 years later, you know, I've, I've followed through with everything I've said I was always going to do. And I think that's the coolest thing is like, even with the staff, like when we were opening Food for Thought, I'm like, we're going to open this place in a parking lot. And everyone was looking at me like, I don't know. Hit, huge hit, crazy busy, probably the busiest restaurant in the state of Maine. Then yeah. I took all our money from that. 
and opened a brewery. And I'm like, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. We open it, it, people are into it. So like now when I'm like, hey, they're like, I'm like, I think I'm going to write a movie. All of a sudden, like the staff and everyone else is like, okay, like, what, what do you think? <laughs> okay. The attitude has completely shifted in the last couple of years where I could say anything and they'll, they'll ride with me and believe in what I'm doing. Like they trust me to follow through, you know, I've earned their trust, you know? No, that's awesome. Like, I, I mean, I... I, I absolutely envy your journey in the sense that like I've, I've always wanted to, you know, own like a, like a cafe, restaurant, um, something like that. And, you know, I just I know that I don't have the business acumen. I don't know that I'm good enough at like networking and those kind of things. And it's like, I don't know, it's just it's just seems like a like such an insurmountable challenge to me, like. Yeah. I don't have a body that could physically put up with that anymore. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, I do, but it's, it's crazy. Like the thing is like, you know, especially with social media and everything else, people see a snapshot of like what we do, you know, and they, and they see it and they're like, wow, you must be making millions of dollars. It's like, I haven't made no. dollars since I've opened the businesses. Every dollar I go to the staff and goes back into the businesses. I have not made a yeah. dollar in years, you know, in terms of like, what I put out there, like I work so hard. I'm always working, you know, like yeah. I'm literally always working, you know, and my journey to get where I am right now, like, you know, I think I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan earlier today. He was talking about Elon Musk and he was saying that Elon Musk, he was like, what's it like, you know, Rogan's asking like, what's it like to be you? And Elon Musk said, not even like arrogant. He just goes, you wouldn't want to be me, you know? And he's like, you just wouldn't. It's just not always the most fun. And I would say yeah. the same thing. Like I want to encourage young people to open their own business and strive for it. But I have lived a fucking life. Like when I was yeah. 15, my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and I watched my dad slowly deteriorate in front of me. I Damn. grew up with lots of money and then all of a sudden was very poor in a snap when my dad got sick. You know, when yeah. I was 21, I was stabbed seven times and left for dead in the streets of Boston. Like I ran to a hospital with a collapsed lung, punctured spleen, and I'm still dealing with health repercussions from that. You know, wow. I have been through struggles on struggles on struggles. <laughs> you know, my mom is currently in the hospital right now. Like just she was fighting for her life. She's doing better. But every day I'm glad is she's doing better. Her. Yeah, she's she's doing a little bit better now. But like. I've been through some real shit in my life and it's something where every single one of those experiences has led me to this process to be here talking to you guys. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's, yeah, it's an incredible journey. I've lived such a life for being 35 years old, but the things I've been through, some of them are dark and I wouldn't wish them on anyone. You know, I, I agree <laughs> with you. I mean, my, like my own journey has been a challenge in different ways. I mean, definitely, you know, I've had plenty of trauma, but, you know, just like mental health challenges. Yeah. And, you know, I like I, I am extremely proud of the person I am today, like largely because of, you know, all the shit that I've gone through. In addition to like, you know, it's like I managed to, you know, finally like get a master's degree. It took me a lot longer than it does for most people. But I, I got there. Right. And I mean, the hard thing is. I think in current society is figuring out what to do with the feelings that you have when, you know, you've pushed yourself so hard and you have achieved these things. And 
to be working in the corporate world where you're underpaid, underappreciated, overworked. And, you know, it's like, what the hell was the point of any of this? Yeah. Like it, it, especially during COVID, it's been just like, it's like a year and a half long existential crisis in the sense of like, was any of what I did actually worth it? Yeah. Like, no, I think through the pandemic, it's been such a struggle for everybody mentally where people are starting to reassess. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are having such trouble with, you know, hiring because it's like people don't want to go back to the same struggle that they went through before. People want a better life. And I think like, it's crazy. You know, we all suffer. Like you suffer, I suffer. Suffering is not something where you can be comparable. You know, like exactly it's everyone suffers. Everyone, you know, unfortunately goes through things in their life. And it's one of those things where all I would ever want for everybody is for everyone to be happy. My philosophy is like, Mm -hmm. do whatever you want to do and be happy as long as it doesn't affect anyone else doing whatever they want to do and being happy. Yeah. Like how exactly like, like as long as you're not shitting in somebody else's cereal. Yeah. Like do whatever the fuck you want, man. Yeah. Just like don't harm others. Don't be a dick. The problem with living in a capitalist society, though, is that pursuing your dreams involves um, money. Not always. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking. And it's like, yeah, it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, sure. Could could I change careers? You know, well, I'm almost 39. Sure. Absolutely. But can I do it while having to pay for a mortgage and utilities and all that stuff without, you know, uh, a partner? No, right. I don't. I don't see a feasible way to do that, real no. realistically. No, I think and it's, like it's it's crazy. Even being out here in like California, like home, it's not an attainable thing for for an average person. And when I say average, even above average person, you know, below however you absolutely mean, whatever that is for people to buy a home anymore. And it's insane yeah. that that's the case. Like I'm out here in California looking for a place to possibly buy. I am a business owner. Both of my businesses do very well. And I can't afford a house. Trust how me, man. Hell, I know what you mean. How the hell is someone who works a nine to five going to be able to afford a house? It's friggin' ridiculous, you know? Having boomer parents, being an, so for, in my case, it's having boomer parents who did really well uh, and being an only child. Yeah. And well, a, an I'm only, only child, child who also. has no plans on having kids. Yeah. No, um, I'm an only child too. And I think I, I, you know, a lot of that is what, push me forward, you know, into the craft beer industry. I think a big reason why, you know, I opened this restaurant and I said, you know what, I don't want to open any more restaurants is because the restaurant industry is something where you could open, you know, five miles away from another restaurant owner. And I'm generalizing, but most restaurant owners will be like, fuck that guy. Whereas the beer industry, I could open up next to you, you know, Mm -hmm. and they will be like, you need grain, you need cans, (laughs) you need anything. Like, can we help you? Do you need help with recipes? Like, I saw this life that Matt and Chris were living. I saw this life that Dino from Vitamin C, like if you name a craft brewery in New England, I probably know the owners on a personal level. I can probably text them and call them. And that's not for me, that's from them. They were the ones who put me forward. You know, Matt and Chris, when I was trying to figure out what to do, you know, in some time in between leaving my job and figuring out what the next step was going to be, you know, they brought me around to all these beer festivals. They brought me to Wakefest. They brought me to Ashland's anniversary. They opened up the entire world to me. And I got to meet all of these people in all of these great industries. And they were able to make those connections. And that's why, you know, with us being open 
five, six months, we have such relationships with everyone because this isn't, these aren't strangers. I've known them for years. The craft beer industry is such a magical thing to be in. um, Oh yeah. Because of the people, the beer is such a secondary thing to the people for me. Like I don't make beer with people based on the beer they make. I make beer with people based on the people they are. You know, yeah. that's, that's awesome. just that's just my philosophy. That's phenomenal. You know? And other half, they are probably the best brewery in the country, but I am not interested in making beer with other half because of the beer they make. I'm interested in making beer with them because of my friends, Anthony and Jerez, who are, you know, the brand manager and the general manager there who have helped me every step of the way, who, you know, invited us down to do pop-ups on their sidewalks, who like have sent beer to me when they don't send beer to anyone else, who just like text yeah. me on a random day to be like, how you doing, man? You know, like that's yeah. what is so cool about these people. And then I look up to them so, so very much, you know, because of all they've accomplished in, you know, the time they've been in business. It's something to strive for. Um, but I think it's more to strive for the people they are than it is the beer that they're making, you know? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, honestly, like the, the, the people, I mean, as well as the beer, but that's a reason that I always kind of wanted to figure out how to get into like making the craft beer industry my career. And it's like as, you know, a science nerd who has, you know, it's like I, I once once saw a like an open position at a brewery for a microbiologist. And it was like, yeah, that's perfect. Like, that's the perfect job for me. And, you know, it didn't. I didn't, I don't even think I got a response back to that. I mean, I think I was still in college at the time, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like as a person who has, you know, I've never homebrewed other than helping somebody else. I've never, you know, it's like, I've had tons of beer, but I don't have any experience making it. And I'm not, again, I'm not on the business side of things. So it's like, you know, as a biology sort of science nerd, it's like, how do you even, how do you even do it? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's if it like- wasn't, if it wasn't for Matt and Chris, I never would have been able to figure this stuff out. They brought me to every beer festival. They brought me to every collab they ever did. And they introduced me as a friend of theirs. And when you're being introduced from another brewery as a friend, it's a very different thing than me showing up as Jay Gray restaurateur. You know, you're going right. to get one reaction from that. You get a very different reaction when Matt and Chris are like, this is Jay. He's our friend. You know, yeah. it's, it's just yeah. a different thing. And, and they opened up, all the doors in the world for us to be able to be doing what we love to do. And and it's incredible. It's just such an incredible thing that they've done for us that I can never repay them enough. Like I joke around because Chris's wedding, which we were, you know, obviously we went to, you know, we unfortunately got lost and showed up late. And I literally was like strolling down towards the wedding parlor as I'm smoking a joint right at the moment they go do like I do at that exact moment. And like Chris was like, I felt so terrible to Chris and Irene. And Chris just gave me a hug after and he goes, buddy, I'm just happy you're here. And those are the kind of people that I want to be able to do things with because that's how they are. You know, yeah. like they care that's more. That's cool as fuck. Yeah. They care more yeah. about me than, you know, than, than anything. And that's just such a special thing, you know, so I owe them the it work. It really there. is. I can never, you know, sing their praises high enough and, that's what's so cool now is like as we do beer festivals and stuff like that, we now get the opportunity to go pour our own beer. And uh, yeah, it's nuts. You know, Jamie, our good friend from Southern Grist in Nashville, when we opened the brewery, he sent me a text message that was like one of the nicest things anyone could ever said. And he said, 
you know, Jay, you should be very proud. He goes, there's one thing to dream something and it's another to follow through. And he was like, you know, it's a, it's a very different thing. And this was something Absolutely. where I've wanted to do it for a long time and following through, you know, was a very difficult thing, but I'm just lucky. You know, I've been through a lot of stuff, but I've been very lucky to meet the right people at the right time. And I never, yeah. ever forget that, you know, like I've been introduced to the people when I need to introduce them to me. You know, I met Brad, my partner and my chef on Indeed. I met him wow. on the internet. We then went out to dinner two complete strangers and I made him my business partner without ever trying his food. And we opened an outdoor restaurant in Ogunquit based on no experience ever. We're wow. complete well, strangers. Wow. Honestly, I, I mean, I don't blame you for that. Having met Brad myself, like, you know, he pro projects an instant air of, you know, making you feel comfortable, but also, you know, feeling like he's extremely competent at what he does. Mm -hmm. Like he's got that kind of earned confidence. That's not you arrogance. Know, yeah. Super. Yeah. It's not arrogance. It's yeah. just like he, he seems, he immediately comes off as extremely secure. And yeah. I, I think that it's like, yeah, no, that's, that's like, he, yeah, it was like, yeah, can we, uh, can we, can we like interview you guys? Cause you know, like <laughs> I would go to war with Brad. You can name any chef in the world. I don't care if it's, you know, any chef from Noma or Alinea or name the best restaurant in the world. I'll put my life on the line with Brad every single time. I'd rather die with my guy than fucking win with someone else. You know, like absolutely. That's how we are, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, like some people you meet and you just, yeah, you you immediately know it's like, yep, this is this is a good. I mean, person. Abe Abe's our head, you know, Abe's our head brewer who makes who's responsible for all our beer, and Abe was the head bartender at the Levitt Theater in town. So I don't know if you guys have ever been in the Levitt. The Levitt's a nineteen, excuse me, nineteen twenties movie theater um, that was converted into a cocktail bar a few years ago, and it's a five hundred oh, nice. movie theater. They play live music. It's like a late night industry spot. It's incredibly cool. And awesome. I would go there and he would make me my cocktails at night. And when I started building the brewery, I signed the lease. I started building it. I had my list of people who I wanted to be my head brewer was one. It was Abe. And Abe worked part time at a brewery, brewing some beer, but he was never the head brewer anywhere. And I go, Abe, you're the guy. And Abe tried everything he could to talk me out of doing it. And I told him, Abe, <laughs> think of it as really big cocktails. That's all you have to think of. You're making yeah. really big drinks. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And he has been knocking it out of the park for us, especially when I let him know two weeks before we make a beer. I'm like, by the way, this brewery's coming and we're making a gummy shark beer. By the way, we're making this crazy beer. And he's just like, okay, I'll figure out how to do that. And I'm like, he's yeah. been awesome. But he's been someone where I didn't bring a, you know, assistant brewer from a big brewery in. I didn't bring in some well-known brewer. I didn't bring in anybody with tons of experience. I knew he was my guy. I have very good judgment when it comes to people. Um, and I don't know why that is, but I just know who the right person is. And I'm like, Abe's my guy, Brad's my guy. And they have the same faith with me. Like when I'm naming beers and doing labels and stuff like that, and I'm telling them where we're going to go for festivals and stuff, they just, they trust me. They're like, Jay, Jay knows what's best for us. And I'm like, okay, I appreciate it. You know, cause I know Abe knows what's best for us flavor wise. And Brad knows what's best for us for food. Like I said, you wouldn't yeah. want to see me in the kitchen. You wouldn't want to see Brad brewing the beer and you wouldn't want to see Abe doing our taxes. We would all be. Fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it, honestly, like it is, it, 
that's an extremely valuable skill, I think, is to be able to get a good read off of people fairly quickly. Like, you know, there are times where, you know, somebody might sort of slip through the cracks. But like, if you think back on it, a lot of times, if you have that kind of skill at reading people, you you saw things that you ignored. Yeah. And I, you know, like I get extremely good vibes off of both you and Brad and you know i it makes me also think that abe would be pretty fucking rad yeah (laughs) again it's like it but that's the thing is it's like once i get a good read off of one person and they say i'm vouching for this other person it's Mm -hmm. like okay like i'm i'll go with it like yeah and i i think that especially in this world it's with the way things work these days i think that's you know a skill that's something that's largely lacking with a lot of people it seems yeah. and yeah. like again as somebody who spent years in the industry i would really appreciate it i would have appreciated to work for an owner like you because you seem like you seem like you're fantastic and you understand people really well <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think growing up in boston is something where you know my my best experience was you know, I, I went to private school and my dad was had his jewelry store and everything was good. And when my dad got sick and I got pulled out of private school and, and I went to, a, you know, the Boston Renaissance Charter School, I went from a private school where I was like, it was 98% white and maybe 1%, you know, everything else. And, and then I went to Boston Renaissance Charter School where I was like one of five white people in an entire school. And it, wow. it put me in kind of a setting where... You know, it was so diverse. And then when I went to Boston Latin, you know, in Boston, I it's just it was so diverse. It was like 30 yeah. percent white, 25 percent Asian, 15 percent Haitian, 5 percent Hispanic. Like it was just everybody from every walk of life. Yeah. And it you have no choice. Like my greatest experience, I was not some straight A student in high school. I was going through a lot. I was fucking smoking weed. I was skipping class and I was dealing with my stuff with my dad and my mom and you know, I didn't, I didn't apply myself in high school. I didn't have the opportunity to, and I didn't have the mental fortitude to do so. But just being around all those different walks of life was my real education. You know, being around people from every different culture made me a much more rounded individual where, you know, I can never say that I know what it's like to be someone else, whether it be a different sex, whether it be a different sexual orientation, whether it be somebody who's a different race, I can never, ever be arrogant enough to say that. But I bet we can find some common ground, you know? And I think that's where I come from, where I go, you know what? We all are people, regardless of what we are, what we believe in. We're all just people. And I bet we all eat food together. I think that's something that like Anthony Bourdain really saw the world through, where he was traveling, Mm -hmm. he would sit down and he would have a meal because we all have to eat. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're some crazy dictator or you're a homeless person in, you know, L.A., we all eat food to survive. We all have to drink water to survive. We all have to be around other people usually to survive. And we all have certain needs in our life. And if we see the world through that lens, I think it brings us all a lot closer together. You know? Absolutely. And I think that that is a, a, a view that has been largely lost in, modern, in the modern world. And I think that it is honestly the cause of a lot of our you know, strife is just, it's hard for people to, you know, connect with each other anymore. Yeah. 
Well, because we're doing it through a keyboard, we're doing it through text message, we're doing it through like, if I ask you, like, why are you late? You might be like, oh, no, is he like, why are you late? Or is he like, why are you late? Or is it like, why are you late? Like, it could be so many different things. And it's such a terrible way to communicate where it's like being able to do this, like have an actual conversation, like even though it's through a digital platform, we can see each other, we can see each other's facial expressions, we can have a conversation, we can have a discourse. And even if we agree, disagree, we can at least see each other for who we are as individuals. Whereas through Twitter, through a text message, you know, stuff like that. So that's why we poke fun a lot of the stuff we do on beer labels. You know, our friend uh, Pierre, um, who owns Brockton Beer Company, you know, Brockton Beer Company, is, from my recollection, the only black-owned brewery in the entire New England area, which is, it's fucking mind-blowing. God damn. But As somebody who grew up in New England as well, I mean, come on. But it's it's crazy when you think of that, when you say that out loud. You're just like, really? And it's one of those things where, like, women business owners in the craft beer industry, like, people of different, it's just, it's not something that happens, and it's such a weird thing that it doesn't. You understand why, but it's still a strange thing. And me and Pierre were talking about, so we released a beer called What is a Quince, which is a reference to white men can't jump. Um, When Rosie Perez goes on Jeopardy and she's like, I know all these words that start with the letter Q. And she goes on and crushes it and stuff. And we made like all the titles. We have Jeff Bezos on the can. We have Rosie Perez and then we have Elon Musk and Elon's smoking a joint. And the titles in the background are like divorce because they just got divorced. It's like space. (laughs) Another one's like entitlement. And it's like, it's supposed to be funny. But like me and Mm -hmm. Pierre, as we're talking, we had all these crazy ideas and it's funny. I was like, oh, we should do this. And he's like, I don't know if that's such a good idea. And then I was like, he's like, we should do this. And I was like, you can do that as a black man on your label. I was like, I can't do that as a white person on my label because we're going to get picked apart. And like as me and him are talking, we're like, why can't we just do things and understand that it's a fucking joke? Like it's not meant to be taken seriously. Like it's a joke. We're doing it together to come together. And he's like, it sucks, man. He's like, I wish we could just do this to enjoy, you know, the fact that we're coming together. Like the fact that we're coming together is far more important than what we're producing, you know? Yeah. But no, absolutely. But yeah, you're right. I think that there is a like contextual thing. Um, I think that, yeah, in a medium where you can actually see the person and see facial expressions and body language and all that, I think that it's easier to make though like those kind of references or jokes yep to you know that and and not have them come across the wrong way because you know there's a there's there's so much hate right now that it's like yeah you really don't want to be contributing to that unintentionally so uh, we had a know. beer uh, i'll tell you guys i won't show you the label because johnny would get pissed at me but my friend johnny who owns district 96 we released a beer uh, candy snake and candy worm sour called trouser snakes right and we went to release it and I did a label of a pair of jeans with a snake coming out of the crotch area and it said trouser snakes and I thought I was like we nailed it USA USA like we killed it and I sent it over to Johnny and he showed his partner and he was like uh my wife is very not into that label and I was like oh no I was like my bad I was like it's a joke I was like it's okay and we redid the label completely But it's one of those things where I was like, man, that sucks that like, you know, it's a joke, but I also understand where they're coming from. And it's something where like, I like to be able to have many different people in my social circle. So sometimes like if I think something's funny, someone else might have a perspective and go, that's not funny. Here's why. And I want to have a discourse about it and go, 
oh, I didn't think about it that way. Like, okay, that's great. That's okay. Like, it's okay to be wrong. And it's also okay to make mistakes. Like, we're human beings. Yeah, that's a huge thing these days that people don't realize it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. It's also okay to ask for help. And I think that's yes. another thing a lot of people have trouble with. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's like, it, it, I, I don't think that I, I really wish that people would be more open to the idea that like learning is a lifelong process. Like you're not, you don't go to college and or something and then you're just All done. Right, you're done. a fully formed human being. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, it's like, no, I mean, like, even, you know, when, like, you know, you're in your 70s and 80s, like, if you don't understand something, there's no shame in being like, hey, I don't get this. Yeah. Like, just because, you know, you've had more life experience doesn't mean you know everything. Yeah. Like, if you're not open to learning your entire lifetime, then what's, like, you know, what is there left to strive for? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're never done. The job of yeah. a human being is never done. You know, yeah. it's, I, we used to have a saying, cause I, I grew up in the car business. I used to sell cars. And one of the things that we used to say is it was called when you're green, you're growing, when you're ripe, you're rotten. And it's one of those things where it's like, as soon as you're ripe, it's over. You don't ever yeah. know it all. You'll never be ripe. You always want to be green because when you're yeah. green, you're constantly learning, you're absorbing, you're becoming better. And then as soon as you're ripe, it's over, you know? So yeah. I always love that saying, eventually we'll release a beer called when you're green, you're growing, when you're ripe, you're rotten. Cause I think it's a I love great, it. great I love saying. It. And it's something no, for all of us to strive great. for, like to always be unfinished because we're always getting better, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like both professionally and personally, I think that there, there is no limit to growth. DJ, I know you like, can't see this. I wish you could, but like, this is one of those things and the reason why I love being out here, like the fucking sky is on oh, yeah. fire right now. And oh, yeah. I, I remember San Diego. Uh, Emily and I were out there years and years ago for Comic-Con. Jesus, that was like nine years ago. <laughs> you got to get uh, back out. God is by yeah. far the best architect I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I mean, I can argue the same thing for LA. Like I, the, it, part of it is the, um, the particulates in the air out there yeah. from a, as a, from a science nerd perspective. No, I get it. Um, it does make for some spectacular sunsets, but like, yeah, it's, uh, well, Massachusetts I do... East coast is dawn and you know, San Diego is sunset. Yeah. But I don't. I don't never awake for for sunrises. Yeah, well, so I, I am, but that's because I haven't. Gone you're going to bed from yet. the other direction. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas, like, yeah, Southern California, the yeah, there's just something different about being out there. I mean, as a person from Boston, I'm sure you understand. It's like, yeah, the you know, generally speaking, like you can walk into like any shitty random Italian restaurant in this area, and you're gonna get something that's pretty good yeah um whereas like it's almost impossible to find good mexican food here and Mm -hmm. like there it's like yeah yeah Yeah. no absolutely i mean trust me i'm real proud of where i come from i wouldn't want to be from anywhere else i'm born and raised in boston and when i say i'm from boston like i said i went to bunker hill community college i went to boston latin i went to boston renaissance like if it had boston in the title you are fucking Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas he and I were suburbs kids. But yeah. I but I love where I'm from and I love where I grew up. But you know what? Maine is home. I love Maine. I love where our brewery is. 
you know, during the pandemic to be able to walk to the ocean was such a, a beautiful thing. And the people up there have embraced us. And there's such a craft beer history from, you know, Allagash to Bissell to just like all of the main beer co. There's all these people that have blazed past for us that we were able to actually go ahead and open a brewery in Maine. And it's such a beautiful thing. And we owe so much to the people that came before us and it's not lost on us. You know, like we're very lucky to be in a great state where, you know, the industry is very helpful. Um, you know, the, the state, as much as I make fun of like 14 licenses to operate a brewery, they're always great. If I call, you know, the liquor department, I go, oh, I didn't know I needed to do this. They go, Jay, no problem. Take care of it when you can. Oh, I forgot to mail in taxes. Jay, just mail it in when you can. Like they're super helpful. They're super <laughs> yeah. supportive. The nice. town of York we're in, the town of Ogunquit, everybody believes in what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else other than Maine. Honestly, Except like, in the winter. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I don't know. Having dated a Mainer and now having a lot of Mainer friends, it's like, it, yeah, it like, I, it's very tempting to jump ship from Mass and move there at some points. It's just right. a matter of like finding a thing, a time and of a thing to do that makes sense for no. that. But like, you know, it's like, you know, people are like, oh yeah, New Hampshire. And it's like, yeah, but actually yeah. New Hampshire kind of sucks to live in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like Maine is like kind of the happy medium between the two in a lot of ways, or at least oh, Southern man. Maine. Maine is great. Eventually, like, is. the only other thing I'm really looking to do business wise is eventually a few years from now, buy a nice farm, a couple hours North of Portland, and hopefully, eventually, when weed is legal, because I have a federal brewer's license, so I can't do anything marijuana related, but right. hopefully in the next presidential election or the one after that, it'll eventually be legal. And when it is, yeah. I would love to have a winery and also a big grow area up north of Portland and have Brad wow. do some really cool high-end food at a very cool restaurant and an affordable price. And then we can make wine and we could grow our own strains of weed and also do beer collabs. And like, how cool would that be if we had our friends from Tripping Animals or Jay Wakefield and we had them up and we were like, all right, let's make beer together. Okay. Let's go make wine together. Okay. Let's go do a weed strain though. together. How cool yeah. would that be? You know, to that be like, be let's so do cool. all three rad things as fuck. together <laughs> and then release them over the period of the year and like be able to do different agricultural things together. You know, that would be very cool. And the thing is, it's like, that's what I've been doing while I'm out here. We went to a couple wineries. We looked into like how we could actually do this with the weather that's up there. And there's always a way. And that's the yeah. thing I would say to probably end on is like, I want everyone to realize that there's always a way. Like if you want to open a brewery, you can figure it out. If you want to be in craft beer, you can figure it out. There's always a way. It's not always equally easy for one person versus another. There's always different adversities that face different people. But there is always a way. And regardless of all the bullshit that goes on in America, I still believe in the fact of the American dream that if you work hard enough and you try, you can achieve anything. I really believe that still, you know? Yeah, well, then, those are some great words, I think, for us to end on. Absolutely. I mean, cheers, man. That That is beautiful. And I I don't know, maybe I need to be a little bit more hopeful about my dream of owning basically a you know amsterdam style cannabis coffee shop because hell yeah it's gonna have social clubs in the yeah. next year or so it can happen it's like yeah absolutely I mean, any of those things are possible and you know times were changing so much quickly and i think like 
like I said, that that two out of ten people who might be a little shitty who are real loud get a lot of attention. But I still believe in the eight out of ten people, the people that are here to support each other, the love that's here, and the way that we're moving as a country. Like I said, I don't want to lose track of all the good things that go on in life. You know, there's absolutely beauty in life to get distracted by all the things that are ugly in life because there is more good than there is bad. We just sometimes get lost along the way, you know? Absolutely. I definitely agree with you. And you're right. It's sometimes it's very hard to see that, you know, when you're going through something personally or, you know, with the pandemic or a combination of that thereof. And it's, it's nice to be reminded that there really is honest to goodness hope in this world. Yeah. Hell yeah. And along the way, we can have a couple of beers on the days that we don't think that's the case. <laughs> or, you know, hey, you know, it helps you. Fourth beer is the, I was going to say, <laughs> beer is the wonderful thing that helps you get through the tough times and celebrate the good times. Absolutely. Nothing good like a depressant both. to chase the blues away. Yeah. I think uh, Homer Simpson. That's not what a depressant means in that context, TJ. <laughs> no, Homer. It, it's, what was it's it? It's Simpson's uh, lime. It's Mo saying it to Homer. That, uh, no, Homer said, uh, he goes, I think at one point they did prohibition on in Springfield. And finally it was repealed. And Homer said this cheers. Yeah, it was, uh, he goes, to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I, yes. I, and yeah, that's, that's, that's a great one. Yeah. That's, all right. I think that is a great spot to stop off. Um, yeah. Hey, Jay, thank you very much for joining us. It's been fantastic to have this conversation with you. Awesome. Uh, hopefully we'll see each other in like May when the restaurant opens. Up. Yeah. Don't be I strangers. Mean, you guys well, are always welcome. Seriously. No, we uh, we're, not, we're not talking about that. We were told that fest. we're not, we're, we were. Oh, well, eventually at yeah. some point we it's might going to be announced soon. Something. Yeah. yeah. At some point. A beer. Fest. Yeah. You'll be at able to come point. up and hang out with us at our restaurant and our brewery. So it'll be great then. Absolutely. The good weather. Oh, right um, quick quit. plug. What are the, what, what's like the, um, address and hours yeah you can yeah, anything you want to plug odd yeah. by nature brewing is uh located at 1400 us route one in cape netic it's right on route one right before you drive into a gunquit um and it's open thursday through monday 11 to 8 p.m um and then also food for thought will be open first or second week of may weather dependent and it is open all the way until columbus day in october so those are our two places and Trust me, it's worth the drive. It's worth the lifetime. It's uh, beautiful places and they're great to experience. And we got a lot of really, really cool things coming up in the spring and in the summer um, at both locations. And I think it's going to be a summer for the books for everybody. So if you're tired of dealing with all the normal (laughs) bullshit in life, come up and hang out with us because you'll be able to get away from it for at least a little while. So, yeah, I look forward to that so much. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, guys. Yeah, if you need anything ever, please feel free to reach out. And when you stop by, please say hi, okay? Awesome. I look look forward to meeting you in person, man, because it's going to happen probably this May. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's like, all right, uh, we just need to try everything here, like all of your food, just all of it. (laughs) Uh, But closing out on our end, we've been New England Beer Reviews. I've been TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick. You can find us at all the places where you can find social media bullshit that we still need to utilize more than we do. Uh, Or give us money on our Patreon at at patreon.com backslash N-E-B-R, the initials of our show. 
New England Beer Reviews and EBR. Uh, Emily, final word? Oh, why are you asking me for a final word? I keep not coming up with something good. Uh, Passion Fruit. Jay, final word? (laughs) Uh, Love. Always love. All right. Love is actually a better final word. He wins way more than I do. Uh, Thank you for joining us, guys. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.